0: Now for today's quick shot of Sips, Suds, and Smokes.
1: Welcome to this Sips podcast episode where everything good in life is worth discussing. I am one of your hosts here at the table, good old boy Mike, and joining me here at the table are good old gal Carrie Ann. Hello. And good old boy Sparky. Howdy. You can catch up with Carrie Ann on her blog called Straight Up 615 and Sparky's blog called Parenting While Intoxicated think that might be one of the more popular titles i always love saying <laughs> ah Jen, this is the Jen 101 show where you'll find out all the background on this product we'll taste and rate a few examples and you will be the know-it-all at the next party <laughs> where you'll be enjoying this beverage as well Here's what we're going to discuss on this episode. The London Dry is going to be Beefeater. The Botanical is going to be St. George Botanivore. The Barrel Aged is Caval Barrel Aged Gin. And the Old Tom is going to be Ransom is the the one we're going to enjoy on that. So um, we'll be rating these products from one to five with where one is the worst and five is going to be the best
2: so gin is a very old spirit and has some origins that you may not know about gin originated in italy yep as much of you thought it was from around the uk it all started close to where the key herb juniper berries are from it was also made by monks off the salerno coast the local ingredients of juniper and lemons were used by the monks to flavor up the neutral spirits All of this is way before the heyday of gin around the 11th century. That's right. The Italians knew how to party for 500 years before the English. I can believe that.
0: In case you're uh, keeping score of how many times a religious group is the origins of alcohol, it's quite a bit. Seek the holy grail! So for the record, that's beer, wine, all things distilled including gin, vodka, and whiskey are all from religious origins. Good job.
1: Holy cow.
2: Gin itself is a kissing cousin of Genevieve. The easy way to describe the difference is that Genevieve is half the alcohol of gin. Most gins are grain-based, although a few are potato-based. Gin is typically distilled or created with three methods. Pot still method, where the neutral spirit is redistilled with herbs, typically juniper berries, and then stored in tanks or barrels. This gin usually has a heavier mouthfeel and slightly lower ABV, around 75%. This is called Genevere gin or Holland gin. The second type is what most people think of gin in the 21st century, which is column distilled. Again, double distilled and infused with herbs, but the ABV is much higher, around 80-90%. to 90%. The later is called Navy Strength gin.
0: So what caused all this transition from Jennifer, the government, specifically the Brits? We're
1: here to help.
0: That's <laughs> true. We owe the origins of taxing products essential to life to the Brits. You've heard of that thing called the Tea Party. Well, that was one small part of what was taxed. In the 18th century in London, there are about 10,000 gin bars And it was such a social problem that the Brits decided to take a piece of the action in the Gin Act of 1736. We got phrases like this during the era.
1: Of all the gin joints in all the towns in all the world, she walks into mine.
0: (laughs) While this government intervention stemmed from the flow of gin, it created things like Old Tom Gin. A wooden plaque was placed on the outside of a building that looked like the head of an Old Tom, which was an English term for black cat. A patron would place some money in a lead pipe, and then a bartender would pour a shot of old time back down the same pipe. Since it was not called gin, it was difficult to tax it.
1: And because with all this taxation, many Brits moved to distilling at home and setting up shop. Hey, honey, I'm going to use the bathroom. We're going to be in there for a little while. I'm making gin in there. <laughs> yeah. What kind of pie do you want? Well, yeah, why are you in there? So, uh, you know, hence it was called bathtub gin. So uh, this produced typically lower proof gin and was done in the bathtub to drain all the spent mash and key piece in the household. Now, there were as many as 1500 home stills in the mid 18th century. The term really caught hold during prohibition in the U.S. where poorly made neutral grain spirits were flavored up after distillation with sugary syrups containing herbs
2: a few more fun facts the difference between gin and maybe moonshine or vodka is usually the second distillation with gin and the infusion of herbs so we think gin is really the originally flavored vodka yes barley is the main grain of gin usually so it's really closer to beer than moonshine
0: starting off is a london dry gin all of these origins in London attributed to a common taste profile with juniper, hints of citrus, and rudy finish. London dry can be made anywhere. Dry equals unsweetened, and it's the correlated with the invention of a continuous stills in the early 1800s. Beef Eater has its origins in this heyday of the gin craze in London. Beef Eater gin contains nine different botanicals, Juniper, juniper, angelica root, angelica seeds, coriander seeds, licorice, almonds. I like almonds. how he tripped
1: over that at least three
0: times. It's true. So. <laughs> it's, it's like a, angelica root is a special word. I know. It's I like think a, it's
2: the angel part that messes up. It's a, a linguist.
0: <laughs> it's a lingual uh, minefield, folks. Okay. I'm, sure. I'm getting hurt, at least mm. in my tongue. Mm. Hello. Licorice, almonds, orris root, seville oranges, and lemon peel. Unique to beefeaters' production is the steeping of the peel. Of the lemons and Seville oranges, whole juniper berries, and other natural botanicals for 424 hours prior to distillation. Oh,
1: George, is it done steeping yet? Not yet, love. Not yet. <laughs> this long process
0: allows for full extraction of flavor from the botanicals, capturing a wide range of volatile oils. The distillation itself takes around eight hours to complete, overseen by master distiller Desmond Payne, with the spirit then taken to Scotland, where it is blended and bottled at 40% ABV.
1: Hmm. So you had to take it to Scotland to make it right? Is that what it is?
0: <laughs> like so many is that other things in story? life. Yeah,
1: that's yeah. true. But if you want it done and right, you take it to Scotland. Yeah, because <laughs> if it's not Scottish, it's crap. crap. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so up first, uh, we have the Beef Eater, Jen. So um, what are some of your tasting nuts around this?
2: It's beefy.
1: It's beefy. No, it's not beefy. <laughs> um, you know that... Uh, that guideline, you know, uh I think the first thing was citrus, you know, on the nose and definitely right on the palate, right? I see a few heads nodding here. Yeah,
0: I I agree and and I get uh I get quite a bit of uh evergreen or pine on the nose as well, and that's probably what follows uh the, the citrus on the palate. What what about you, Carrie Ann?
2: What do you think about that Angelica root note?
0: I I'm not allowed to say that word. The FCC has banned me.
1: I'm going to have it. to I'm going to have to buy some of that for Sparky just, you know, slip it into, you know, a pocket of his and say I keep thinking Don't you smell like Angelica rude? I keep thinking every time I read
0: it I think Anglican and I'm like, no, no, no. no, no Angelica, no. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right.
1: Um I definitely uh, feel that herbal presence And the juniper, I think, is, you know, quite evident, you know, within that the herbal aspect of the beefeater itself. Um, in the middle, it's kind of sweet.
0: Yeah, there's definitely sweetness in the mid palate, absolutely. Um, and I just, and I think it has a nice, clean, dry finish. I love absolutely,
1: that. Absolutely, I agree. That's uh, almost a textbook uh, dry finish for this. Carrie anything else?
2: I think this is the gin that I grew up tasting that made me think I don't like gin.
0: Mm. What did you do with that gin, Carrie <laughs>
1: What was his name? Yeah. <clears throat> well, uh, our sips rating for the Beef Eater London Dry is going to be a three.
0: Interesting. So we're going to be uh, tasting a modern version of barrel-aged gin uh, from Koval that has rested in Koval whiskey barrels for six months. Uh, Koval dry gin... Uh, we'll taste a similarly crisp spirit with flavors from rosehip, juniper, angelica root, and <laughs> coriander, but we'll appreciate a new level of depth, an oak from the spirit's time resting in a Koval whiskey barrel. The ABV on this is 88%. Hmm.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, we'll take a quick break right here. Um, we'll come right back after this break and tell you about our tasting notes for the Koval Hey, welcome back to Sips, sudden and Smokes. On today's quick shot, we're going through a Gen One Hundred and One show. And here's a quick recap in case you got a little lost through all that backgrounds, a lot of information. Here's a uh, very nice quick uh, snapshot of exactly what is Gen. So it's any base ingredient. So uh, you can have grain, you can have potatoes, you can have you know whatever is going to ferment well any place of origin. So it doesn't have to be made like in London or Scotland or wherever. Uh, the main flavoring is definitely going to, you're going to have to need some juniper berry of some kind. Um, you can actually use some other things that may taste a little bit like juniper, um, but not actually a juniper berry. So you were talking about pine a little bit earlier. Um, so there are some other properties of some other herbs that are close to juniper. Um, it was actually long used for medicinal properties and a culinary mm-hmm. spice. Mm-hmm. Yep. I still
0: use it for medicine and aftershave at all times.
1: Yep. Well, a fish is a very common thing that you know, a lot of people will make, uh, you know, with, with capers.
2: I polish my furniture with some of them.
1: Okay. <laughs> um, let's see. Any other supporting botanicals? We just uh, we went through the London Drygen where we had uh, um, Sparky's favorite, which is angelica root. Thanks, Mike. Um, so. A clear clear distinction between uh, a couple of ABVs. So the U.S. minimum ABV for gin is 40%. And in the EU, the minimum ABV is actually 375 And in the EU, actually, they do it by proof. They don't use ABV, right? So um, a couple of other things we talked about. Two legally uh, defined types distilled. Um, where it's uh, any of the flavoring is in the still itself. So you would actually have everything in there at the same time the mash and all the herbs and everything else. Or it also
2: is, could include a vapor vatskin.
1: Yeah, vapor vatskin. Yep. Um, or it could be a compound where after you're done making a neutral grain spirit, you're flavoring it up just like you would a vodka, right? So uh, there's a, a couple of uh, quick recaps of what gin is so you can be the life of the party next time. Uh, Year around. Do you know what the ABB in Europe is for Gen? It is not 40. (laughs) What? (laughs) It's 37.5. Bobby, please get me away from this fellow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my temporary restraining order is still in effect in a five state region. So there you go. We uh, definitely have that banned once again. All right, let's go back to the uh, Caval Gen, which is what we were talking about here before the break. Um, What are your tasting notes here on the Caval? Uh, barrel gen. Jen?
0: Uh, I had on the nose uh, Band-Aids, menthol, and burning were my <laughs> what I Those are down. not
1: any herbs no. well, See,
2: I was going to say I smell the whiskey on the nose but being Koval, I'd use the same words uh. okay. oh, Cold-blooded
1: it is uh, a bit sweet there is something floral that's there um, you know uh, on the nose um, so but it's very fragrant and very perfumey is the way I would describe it yeah
0: yeah so, that, no there's definitely perfume I don't think it's the perfume you you want to smell No, with. I don't think it no.
1: is it's and I think this is one of those uh, type of products where um you haven't had it, you know, a hundred and fifty times like you've had beef eater, right? So it's a little difficult for you to discern to say, "I've had this before, I like it," or "I've had this before and I definitely don't like it." You are still, you are no, nothing is trained in your no, I think in your, your palate, no, in your palate to say, yeah, you know,
0: kind of struggling with it on the on the taste. I mean, I got some sweetness, some caramel from the probably from the bourbon. Uh, I also wrote scrape my tongue. <laughs> I'm not, not really sure what I was going through when I wrote that, but mm. Mm.
1: <laughs> I didn't particularly like the finish off this. Um, to me, it maybe that was it. It yeah, it uh, it was very muddled. I, it just it didn't seem like it was going much of anywhere. It just kind of died. You know, it wasn't sweet. It wasn't long. It just kind of wham, just like walked off a cliff.
2: Yeah, I think with a lot of the barrel aged gens that we tasted, and this being an example of them. It doesn't shine as a gin or as a barrel-aged product. It's just kind of muddy. I think that's a great word for mm, it. Yeah, muddy, muddy finish.
1: Yeah, that is good. Well, our sips rating for the Caval barrel-aged gin is going to be a 2. Well, isn't that nice? Well, many distillers just wanted to infuse more flavor. And, of course, the U.S. had to go over the top. A couple of products had 15-plus botanicals like Uncle Val's and St. George Botanivore. Now, Botanivore is comprised of 19 different botanicals working in concert. Think of a meadow in bloom. (laughs) Herbaceous, fresh, and elegant. Now, what's in it? Come on, count with us. (laughs)
0: Are you reading off your Tinder every, profile? Every What's...
1: every I know. So I'll let you guys chime in every time I hit five. Angelica roots. See, how I can say that. Uh. Bay Laurel, uh bergamot peel, black peppercorn, caraway.
2: That's five. five.
1: <laughs> Cardamom, <sorry>. cilantro, <laughs> slow, cinnamon, citrops, coriander. Ten, Ten. Dill weed, dill weed, dill seed, <laughs> fennel seed, uh, ginger, juniper berries, lemon peel. Fifteen. Lime peel, orris root, seville, orange peel, star anise, and a partridge and a pear tree. Yep, that's right. It's 19 different uh, botanicals in the uh, St. George Botanivore. So uh, what's the first thing you have off this other than, you know, a, a laundry list, yeah.
2: I still think the first thing I get off of it is juniper,
1: yeah, sprucey piney. There's it is. definitely it's, something it, in there. A that's, lot of those, uh, a lot of those evergreen spruce, uh, you know, spruce, spruce, spruce sprucey. It up. Yeah, it and, is very sprucey. And
0: I almost got a like a perfumey kind of thing of this, and maybe that's the oil of bergamot and. And then I also wrote down 11 teen herbs and spices, so that was probably a blend of that as well. So,
1: But I think this is a really good example where, even though you're putting a lot of things in, it's all right there in, no, it in holds really together. good harmony. No, it's, it's not well, like um, they went, oh, look, we have a pile of this. Let's yeah. throw that in. Let's,
0: you know what's in the spice cabinet? Everything. Let's yeah. do it.
1: No, it's it's very well balanced. Yeah. Um, I mean, even with all these herbs going on, it is very difficult to kind of pick them all out. Uh, sure. But I agree with Carrie Ann. The juniper is uh, very upfront. There is a subtle sweetness to this. It's yeah. very different than the London Dry. It's Very it's, much so. Uh, it's kind of moved to the back, and the alcohol is a bit more forward in this, right? I would
2: say it's still very dry, though. It's got a tinge of that sweetness, but all of those botanicals really kind of... Pucker up your tongue, and mm. I got
0: a little bit of spiciness and earthiness too in it as well. Uh, kind of on the towards the end of it, um, it's kind of some stuff I was grabbing. Mm.
1: Well, like it. yep. And yeah. uh, with that, we actually gave the sips rating for the Saint George Batonivore is going to be a four. That's classified. Well, we're right up on our last product here, which is Old Tom. Sparky's going to tell us about this.
0: Right, so uh, this, this product is uh, going to be the Old Tom Gin. So the taste profile for Old Tom is typically sweeter. Something usually is combined with a neutral spirit like a sugar-based botanical blended with corn whiskey like the one we have today, which is called Ransom. Old Tom Gin is historically accurate revival of the predominant gin in fashion during the mid-1800s and the golden age of American cocktails. The recipe was developed in collaboration with historian, author, and mixologist extraordinaire, David Wondrich. Old Tom is the gin for mixing classic cocktails dating from the days before Prohibition. Its subtle maltiness is the result of using a base wort of malted barley combined with an infusion of botanicals in high-proof corn spirits.
1: Mm. So, uh, yeah, the first thing I wrote down was aqua velva <laughs> i've never written that down for a tasting note ever
2: i but mean to it, be fair i, mean, I think I, we're not tasting a pure version of it as it is this a is barrel
0: the barrel aged version,
1: version of we've yeah, sure. right, yeah. already
2: decided that barrel aged yeah. versions of gin maybe Haters. aren't their best mm.
1: yeah but still
2: and i've had i've, I've had never
1: tasted product. aqua velva but if it if, if i did it probably would taste or yeah. smell a lot like this well are, are you it's sure harsh. you got the right bottle? Right? No, was it I got blue? The right was the
0: was this liquid blue? No. Pour- okay, <laughs> just checking.
2: Because there's something about
1: an apple man.
0: Um, I I got like sweetness from the nose, which is something. I mean, it's almost cloying on the on the nose, and then and then itself is just uh, very sweet, very herbal on the palate. Um, not not having a good time. Mm. What about you guys?
1: Um, well, the other thing I wrote down is I really thought uh, there was a presence of orange. You know, I if I had to pick a fruit out that I was really picking okay. up off this, it was orange citrus, um, you know, or a bit of orange peel. You know, I really thought that was predominant fruit or citrus off this. Not Definitely
2: lemon. like some potpourri notes. Hmm.
1: So are you hearing the Nutcracker in the middle of this while you're drinking? It? <laughs>
0: Wait, what was the what was the craft store you were mentioning earlier that the smell profile?
2: Michael's. Oh, okay. Michael's. Yes, this smells like Michaels's the potpourri. holiday
1: potpourri area of Michael's. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe this could be their official beverage of the holidays. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, welcome to our store. Have an old Tom Ransom I, Gin. I
0: think my wife spends enough money there without gin. I'm really? kind of scary to. Are see. Are you saying
1: that would not keep? I'm. i concerned. Bong
2: no. water is so yesterday
1: <laughs> i agree <laughs> well they did say herbal yeah. so you're saying this has some properties like long water is that what you're saying
2: Carrie? in or i
1: wouldn't know <laughs> what is the color of long water so i'm told from what i'm heard <laughs> so uh one question before we uh leave the old tom so uh all of us make you know a lot of classic cocktails i mean would you can you imagine making a, a vesper or a martini with uh, an old tom as I, opposed to uh, something else
0: yeah no i have i've got just the plain jane version of this at home and i've absolutely made cocktails with it and i think once you remove the barrel out of it i mean it's absolutely a different flavor profile and it i mean it again i think it's better mixed rather than just trying it straight um but, uh, yeah, I mean, it works. I believe it. Hmm. Carrie Ann?
2: I agree. I think I've had several Old Tom without the benefit of a barrel um, that have done well in cocktails. I think, um, you know, that's what it was made for. It wasn't meant to be a fantastic, clean spirit. It was meant or to, to drink be covered up pipe. with some... F- <laughs> It was meant to be covered up with some flavor, so well, I can definitely see benefits it. from some cocktail. I
1: would see it working much better with sweet vermouth than uh, yeah. with dry. And I think that I think the dry uh, dry vermouth would absolutely be fighting with this all the way, you know, into the ground. Where do you, you store know? that
0: vermouth? Um, in I,
1: a Negroni? I do not store mine in the fridge. We'll oh. save that for another. <laughs> oh my god, day. that's
0: another. I 20 am minutes. a wine
1: guy. No wine goes. We're gonna in have the a fridge. talk. All right. Well, uh, that's it for the Gen 101 show. Hopefully you've picked up uh, you know some interesting tips and you can be the life of the party next time you're talking about Gen. Listen, check out a bunch of our other episodes, including some things on Gen cocktails, such as on martinis, Gen and Tonic, and the Aviator, just to name a few. Uh, we have a lot of other topics you can catch on our regular weekly show as well. You can catch all those episodes online. I want to give a big thanks to my co-hosts here, uh, good old boy Sparky. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Mike. And good old gal Carrie Ann, thank you for joining us.
2: It's been (laughs) gin-tastic.
1: Hey, this is good old boy Mike asking you to come back. Join us once again for another episode and I'll ask you to keep on sipping.